Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Brownie Points. I'm Dan. I'm Nick. And this is the podcast where a guy with a film degree and a guy who knows how to work a DVD player talk to you about movies for our second review this week. We checked out the first film from the Hughes Brothers, the classic from 1993, Menace to Society. That coming up next on this episode of Brownie Points. everybody our second review of the week as we mentioned is menace to society we took the time machine to 1993 urban la for Sorry, this... i couldn't pop i couldn't pop the can open i i'm out of can so i got bottles so that was the bottle <laughs> that's fine <laughs> anyway we took the time machine to 1993 la in the ghetto for this film, it stars Tyron Turner, Lorenz Tate, June uh, Kyoto Lu, uh, Toshi Toda, and has a pretty wild cameo from Samuel Jackson among everyone else in That's, this. That that shot or that scene, that part of the movie where they've got the cameo from Samuel L. Jackson has the funniest line in the movie when. After he shoots that one guy, and he's like, you owe me some money? And he's like, hell nah, but here you go. And he's pointing the gun at him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, oh, actually, uh, more notable stars in this. I don't want to ignore them. Uh, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, uh, who at the time was just uh, Jada Pinkett. Uh, there's also uh, Reginald Bollard, uh, Glenn Plummer. And uh, his name's not up here. I don't know why. I want to say the guy that played Shriek. I can't find who. Uh, why is he not here on the front page of IMDb? Oh, well, whatever. Uh, we'll bring him up later. Uh, but yeah, those are who star in this film. It was brought to us by the Hughes brothers, Albert and Allen. It was written by them along with uh, Tiger Williams. So yeah, guys, this is Menace to society uh i picked this film uh well i should say pick this film i put this film on our watch list a while ago because i wanted us to watch um a pretty important film uh within this genre this um uh the african-american uh film genre directed by african-americans starring african-americans uh and it really highlighted um, a more authentic representation of just what, uh, well, growing up in this environment, in the streets like this was. And I, I, I honestly only knew that much about it coming into it. I only later found out, like, as I was watching the movie, like, certain things I'd seen referenced and parodied before and other things. Uh, so it was kind of enlightening for me to see... Uh, that a lot of things came from this movie that I'd seen portrayed in many, many other things. Uh, but aside from that, um, I didn't know this was the first film from the Hughes brothers. I didn't realize that this was the, uh, the first film of Lawrence Tate's career. I didn't realize this was so early in, uh, Tyron Turner's career as well. Um, and, uh, I guess just to say my hot take on this movie, uh, Damn, this is powerful. <laughs> this is really, really good. Um, I was expecting this to be a good movie, but man, this is raw. This is nasty. This is no holds barred. Uh, and as far as like I, I could tell from reading up on this, uh, this lived up to its authenticity. Like you dramatize certain aspects of it for the sake of like telling the story, but, um, but man, if this was as big in the 90s as it was as like a representation of this kind of life and environment that uh unfortunately a lot oh, of young oh, people get me <laughs> you're all good uh 
But no, Sorry. this is as as authentic a representation of like how easy it is to 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 get seduced and dragged into uh, a life of a of a hustler or um, a gangbanger. I good god, man, that's this. Uh, obviously, we didn't watch a documentary, but uh, I mean, my hats off to the Hughes brothers. I'm I'm not shocked at all they got a career out of this. The, the acting is amazing. Uh, the writing, I I was not expecting this kind of slice of life kind of storytelling. Like I I thought there was going to be a little bit more of like a narrative, like a traditional like uh, A to B to C, like the hero, like the I guess in this case the anti-hero's journey until he realizes that he's been the anti-hero the whole time. Like I I thought it was going to be a little more straightforward than that, but there's so many little moments with all the secondary characters that like all get like their little moment in the spotlight that I thought were really nice. Uh, there were nice touches to to add to the whole like this is their world like this is the world that they live in and uh i think it all culminated into something like i already said just really powerful powerful it really touched me it uh it's shocking with its violence it's shocking with uh how how great we get to know all these characters too like none nobody in this character or in this ensemble is one dimensional like we get to understand them a lot better than I anticipated also like in those slice of life moments that I think really make this movie stand out outside of just like uh like the gangbangers you see and like uh, uh, portrayed as like gangs in other movies like they're just they pull up and they start shooting people and that's all like getting to really pull the veil behind uh the uh, how people can get pulled into this and then what it's like for them when they're in this life and it's sad it's tragic it's thought-provoking i I don't know. I really adore this movie. I, I'm glad we finally watched this. Listeners, longtime listeners, you know that we wanted to watch this a while ago, but it got pulled. And uh, unfortunately, I'll go ahead and say this up front. If you're listening to this in real time and wanted to hear us before we, uh, before you watch it, uh, we're dropping this the day that it gets pulled from Netflix. <laughs> so, um. Hopefully you watched it before we talk about this. Uh, it literally got pulled today, October 1st. So <laughs> hopefully you watched it um, so you could see this great movie. Uh, if not, just keep your eyes out for it. Uh, anyway, on our scale of ratings, a contender for best film of the year, a movie so good that you don't just get a brownie. You get icing, sprinkles, and all the fixings on top of it. A pretty good movie overall. Maybe a couple things that are problematic is a full pan of brownies. A so-so whatever 50-50 is a full pan of brown or a half a 50-50 is a half pan of brownies. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, a pretty bad movie overall with maybe one or two good things is a single brownie. And then a movie that is so bad it could be considered one of the worst films of the year is a movie so bad you do not get a trace of brownies. You get a cookie full of raisins. Uh, if it's not obvious, I give Menace to Society sprinkles. I love this movie. I think it's fantastic. So, Nick, what is your hot take, first impression, whatever you want to call it, of Menace to Society? Um, I knew very little of this movie going in, um, <clears throat> other than it was quote-unquote a hood movie. Um, but when it started and they talked about how they were in the uh, Watts projects, I was like, oh, God, I know that name, and that's not good. Oh, see, uh, I didn't know. I didn't know. Alive. I didn't know the Watts projects like specifically. Like I, 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 I went through a very strange phase of my life where I got really into trying to like know the history of like street gangs. I don't know why it lasted like two. It lasted like a year, and like I would just watch documentaries about street gangs. Was there? A specific, I don't know why. Was there a specific gang that ruled Watts? I don't really, again, I don't really remember, but, like, I, I just remember, okay. like, being like, oh, they got documentaries about, like, inner city life, and they're just like, everyone died, um, but... Hey, not that dissimilar from this movie. <laughs> God. As soon as they were like, yeah, we're in the Watts Projects, I was like, everyone's gonna die, and uh, the first text I sent you was, uh, holy crap, have you seen this movie? And, you're, and then you respond back, no, and I was like, well, you picked a doozy. Um, <laughs> yeah, listeners that didn't murder... listen to our previous review, yeah, we picked uh, two real uppers for this week. <laughs> this is a real bummer of a week. Uh, <laughs> hug your loved ones. Because um, they're going to get shot on their lawn I... later. 
either either in the south or out west they're gonna get shot um, <laughs> anyway sorry sorry i keep i keep distracting you <laughs> but um holy crap like jesus christ this movie it, it's an hour and a half and I, I remember telling uh, Kelsey after I watched it, I was like, yeah, I watched uh, Menace to Society. And she goes, well, how, how was that? And I was like, well, that movie's got, like, a crazy high body count. I swear someone dies in that movie every eight minutes. Just <laughs> like, about, yeah. Every eight minutes of runtime. <laughs> well, the thing that's also crazy to me, too, is with all the violence and death, no funerals. Right. No, no talking yeah. about anything other than, like... Once someone's dead, they don't really mourn the person dying. They're just angry at the people that killed them. And I, and I was like, wow, that's kind of fascinating. Like, they don't care that the guy died, but they're angry at the people for killing. That's it's just a casualty. Nice. It's just an ongoing um, casualty of war. Yeah, that's actually a real interesting point to make. It's so it's so weird. Like, it is so militaristic, kind of, that it's kind of shocking where they're just like, oh, my God, they shot Dave. And it's like, well, are you sad Dave's dead? And I'm like, they're like, yeah, because I'm mad. And it's like, no, but Dave is like, no, the guys that killed Dave. It's like, oh, Dude. you guys don't really care about Dave. Dude, that is so perfectly highlighted when uh Kane, that's the main character, uh, Tyron's character's name is Kane. Every time they when kept Kane's... saying his name, it made me think of this, it, the Tom Segura joke where he talked about like seeing Big Daddy Kane and he was like, suck Kane! Oh yeah. <laughs> but no, like right at the very beginning of the movie, the whole the whole start of Kane's journey is that he sees his cousin get shot in the head not, right not in front sees, of him. Not sees, not sees, gets covered in his cousin's blood because his head explodes from a bullet going through it. And Next then another him. bullet goes into him as well. Like, and then it's not just that. It's when Ozone gets out of his car. Uh, Lauren's character, or O-Dog, sorry. O-Dog, uh, Lauren's Ozone. character. What's up, I'm Ozone. <laughs> when O-Dog it's a bit is... smoggy out here. When O-Dog is in the car and he's just like, he's done for. We got to get Kane to the hospital. And then the other person's just like, but we got we to gotta save him. And it's just like, he's dead, dude. Like. That's the exact mentality that you're talking about. You see that throughout the movie where it's just like, oh, well, we'll pull 40 out for him later. Like, it's cold-blooded, dude. And the only people that actually, like, bring this to light is the one girl that's like, you're 18. Be grateful you're not dead and you got to figure out something to do with your life. And I was like, no one has said that to this kid? That's that's a Jada, Wait. by the way. That's a that's Will Smith's future wife. Oh, you mean future lady that will embarrass him on national television for no reason and make him cry and make him a meme? Yeah, exactly. Same lady. She was just like I said. She was just Jada Pinkett in this movie because it came out again in 1993. <laughs> so, but that being said, I I find that interesting how much they like like that to me was the biggest surprise. Other than just like. I had a feeling people were going to die. I didn't think it would have a body count that would rival Saving Private Ryan in half the time. But right. um, <laughs> but the thing, like that was the big shock to me was, holy cow, they don't care that that guy died. They're just mad at the people for killing him. That was the biggest shock to me of the movie. Um, was I it that shocking like very... throughout the movie? Because that is the response every single time time start to finish anytime somebody dies like especially at the end which we can break down later but like i mean did you was it that shocking every single time throughout the movie it wore off uh and not and not because they stopped being so emotional it's just there was so much of it i think it's supposed to prove a point of like it's just constant death and suffering in this area that you just become numb to death to the point where you're like that guy's dead we got to go kill that other guy that killed him like like, it's right. supposed to kind of, like, condition you to how they are. But um, I give I give it sprinkles. I was very, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I need an antidepressant. My God. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to dive into it deeper. It's a very good movie. I highly recommend it. Um, but, good God. Yeah, I mean, sorry for having 
coincidentally picked two depressing movies or having two depressing movies on the schedule. But uh, <laughs> that is kind of my fault because I hadn't seen this movie and I should have expected it to be as depressing as it was. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I guess the first thing I want to uh, mention before we get like into the plot was uh, the Hughes brothers themselves. Um, I didn't say that they grew up like near this project. Like, I mean, I'm not that familiar with LA in general, but uh, uh, they both, uh, they're twins, uh, Albert and Alan. They grew up in LA and uh, just some backstory on them. They both dropped out of high school to go direct music videos. And uh, at least according to IMDb, guess what their first credited music video was? Can you give me a year? 92 He was a very very famous rapper until his untimely death. I know I was I know it's Tupac. I'm just trying to think of Oh, what you got Tupac half of it. Song. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what Tupac song. Uh, I don't Is know. Is it the one where he talks about having sex with Biggie's wife? I uh, I've never heard this song personally, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Uh, it was two uh, Tupac's Trapped. Let me see. But yeah, that I'm was their. I'm gonna mute my mic so it doesn't show up. Uh, please do. So hang on a second. Um, the other one was uh, Brenda's Got a Baby. Um, again, at least according I've to... heard Brenda's Got a Baby. Okay, at least according to IMDb, they were the two videos that they directed, and then in '93, the year later, that's when they did Menace to Society. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm not as versed with Tupac as I probably should be. But um, but yeah, that was the first one was Trapped. Do you recognize the song? It's playing ads right now. Okay. Um, well, I guess I'll tell you this then. Uh, Hang since on a you... minute. Oh, well, I got some trivia about Tupac bef- uh, once you get done listening to that. I just don't want there to be that much uh, dead air while we're talking about this. Uh... <laughs> Are you at least skipping 90 seconds in to like get to the chorus? I'm trying. I'm trying to get through the ads because it's YouTube's stupid thing. Um, I'm trying. I'm just trying to listen to the song. You can tell your trivia. Like I'm half listening, but I'm okay. Just if you ask me something, my mute. My mic's muted. Well, uh, Tupac was uh, actually supposed to be in this movie. He was supposed to play uh, Shakir, actually, uh, the the guy who converted to uh, being a Muslim. You remember that character specifically? Oh, dude, I recognize that song. <laughs> Oh, yeah? Yeah, I recognize it. I've heard it a couple times. Okay. If I pulled it up later, I'll let you know if, I'll, uh, if I recognize it or not. But, um, but no, did you hear the trivia that I was saying I heard about? It, I uh... heard it getting played in people's dorms at ISU. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> um, but no, the trivia that I was saying about uh, he was supposed to play Shakir. Uh, um, did you, uh, you remember that character specifically? Yeah, that was the guy that converted to Islam that kept saying, like, you got to get out of here, man. That oh, Islam. That's why I meant to say. Yeah. And then he's. Yeah. And then he's like, also, I expect money for this when he's helping him move. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite line of his was uh, when they dropped off Kane. Um, or I think it was Kane. Or no, it was a. Uh, 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 it was the other guy. Uh, I keep trying to say. Abel. O-Dog. It was when they dropped off O-Dog at that place. And then uh, he was like, Hasalam alaikum, my brother. Like, I, <laughs> for some reason, that stood out to me as something that, like, I've heard in other things before. And I was like, I wonder if that came from this movie. Like, <laughs> but no, uh, Tupac was supposed That's to play. A, dude, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an Islamic saying. Well, yeah, I know that too. But, like, just the Hasalam alaikum, my brother. Like, I don't know if that's a part of the actual, like, I don't think that's, uh, <laughs> that's Arabic or, uh, <laughs> But, um, but anyway, Tupac was supposed to play that character, but he opposed being that character and got into a fight with one of the Hughes brothers, like a physical fight that he got arrested for and charged with assault because he did not want to play. Um, Why? Because he was a pacifist? He did not want to play a Muslim character that was also a gangbanger because he did not believe that if this character actually converted uh to being a, Mu- a Muslim, that he would denounce everything in this lifestyle and would just just have no part of it whatsoever. He didn't believe that this character 
well, would be Muslim. And when he asked why is he, the Hughes brothers just didn't have a sufficient answer from everything that I read. And he just refused and got in a fight with the director and was fired and got recasted pretty immediately. So, <laughs> but yeah, the actual fight got him arrested and charged with assault. So that wasn't just brushed, uh, brushed under <laughs> the carpet. He's not violent as he punches his face. Right. Exactly. But no, funny enough, I just thought it was interesting that like Tupac was supposed to be in this movie, but then he got recast. Um, but anyway, that um, surprising though. No, like they that clearly makes, that had makes a sense. He clearly had a friendship with a the director. A West Coast hood movie when Tupac's alive about the tragedy of the streets makes sense. Because that's a lot of what his music was. Well, yeah, like obviously the Hughes brothers connected with him and uh, uh, he reciprocated. So obviously he would want to be a, in a movie about the streets. But I, I mean, hey, we're. I mean, I'm just reporting this after the fact. I don't know. I didn't do enough research to try and find like more details, but. Um, but anyway, something I really like, something I really like about this movie, because you just said the streets. Something I really like about it is, we grew up in an, in the time where they would make hood movies, but it was like Coach Carter, The Freedom Riders, stuff like that, where it's about some person, some quote unquote savior coming into this hood area and then helping all these underprivileged people. I kind of liked not having hope in this movie, like. Hmm. I, so you, not so much. I didn't like. I didn't like that there was no hope. I just liked the change of pace of, hey, this is a hood movie where, yeah, it's just awful. Right. That's no. That is worth noting. I think um, that it, where it's like not every hood movie ends with someone having hope. Sometimes it ends with people being carried in boxes and then put into the ground. Yeah, I think that's something that I think that was obviously deliberate by the Hughes brothers where they wanted to. Oh yeah. Yeah. Where they wanted to actually not show somebody, um, getting out and like, everything's going to be okay. If you just put on your hat and just put a bright, bright smile and change your whole life because it's that simple. Like, no, there's, that's something, this segues into what I wanted to start with was, um, Kane's character himself is one of the most complex, complex uh protagonist that we've had on the show in a while yeah, uh, to me starts, really he starts off so pure and good and then it's like oh yeah he's killing people and he's like doing he starts off as the good guy the good guy's doing petty petty crimes and then he the good, also well no the good also, guy doesn't even start with petty crimes the very first scene the prologue of this movie is he doesn't him. kill him though he's an accessory exactly o-dog is the guy who snaps and kills the both the people in the convenience store, and Kane? Yeah, by he's an accessory by the fact that he's not turning in O Dog, but he this is like not his breaking of innocence. After that is when we see the real like horrible childhood that he had. But the fact that he can just look at that and be horrified still, but at the same time, it's just like this is my buddy. I don't want him to go to jail. Let's get the F out of here. Like, what are you doing? Stop making this worse. Like it's that clear gray area where like, this is his home and he's just got to cope and accept with the fact that like, "Eh, sometimes my best friend might shoot an Asian guy in the face. Like (laughs) that's just the world he grows up in or that he's living in right now. Like, and the fact that we start from there and the rest of the film is just him grappling and you see, like, sometimes he realizes his guilt, and then sometimes, like, you know what? I'm going to rob this guy and steal his uh, steal his uh, hood caps. Like, it's Those were actual rims. They weren't hubcaps. Or rims, sorry. Uh, but, yeah, like, I love that it just teeter. It, it keeps you in this gray area. It never lets you go one way or the other. And uh, the guy who played him, awesome performance. A- amazing performance from such a young guy. He He couldn't have been older than, like, maybe like 22 or 23 at the oldest. Well, it's one thing that's one thing that's interesting too, is they don't show him struggling with these decisions. Like, well, when he's caught up in the the rage, no, we see him. Well, the closest we see him struggling with decision is when they go to kill the people that kill his cousin. And he's like, I'm not killing any like old people or kids. And it's like, but you're still cool with killing, right? Well, he says that after fact, he's like, when he's laying in bed and he's like, all I learned from this 
was that I can kill a person and I could probably I do it again. Yeah. Oh, chills. Oh my god. That was so like that was his that was his breaking bad moment. That was that was the point of no return, really. But he also hangs but out with one of the stupidest he, movie characters we've seen in, in recent for the show with the guy that's like, you guys, I have a copy of the security tape from when I shot a guy in the head from three inches away. You want to see it? I'll burn you a copy and give it to you. There is no way that dude, can come back to I, haunt you. But, but here's the brilliance of his character that I want to propose to you and see if you thought the same thing I did. He's about the one that, that lives. <laughs> Well, no, that I lives. that didn't. Well, that didn't surprise me. Like, I did text you at one point, like, "Oh, one of these guys is, is going to die," but then I'll we can talk about the moment that I realized, like, "Oh no, it's definitely going to be Kane." Uh, but the fact that O Dog just is this embodiment of the street life—he doesn't give an ep. He murders with no cause. He is just the life of the party. He's always messed up he's always looking for a fight and that is all we get to know about this guy we don't get to know jack about his backstory we get very very little uh hints that he has remorse except for the very end of the movie like we were kept at such an emotional distance from him that he is the perfect uh yang to kane being ying like kane gets has a conscious he thinks about things we get to know him as the narrator of the movie and then O-Dog is, like, almost an enabler, really. Like, there's moments where he's just like, ah, well, you looked like such a little bitch when you got shot. All right, dog, are we gonna, are we gonna go out and uh, get these guys? Like, I love that we're, we just know O-Dog as, like, this ruthless king of his block. Like, and that's it. There's no real depth to him besides that because it's already kind of a rich character in itself. Or at least that's the way I read into O-Dog. Yeah, I I didn't read into him that deep, but that makes sense. Um, but I like um, I liked when they were having that back and forth where they were like, "I almost died, man. We're mad at you for getting so much blood on us." It's like, dude, we 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 recap. That's like the one moment of levity week. in this movie. <laughs> well, we we recapped last week my wedding coordinator tripping and falling on her face and a lot of blood coming out. Dude, we were all pretty yeah. freaked out from it. None of us were like, hey, we're mad at you for getting blood on Kelsey's dress. Like, who, what, why would you go there? I think he was messing with him a little bit, like, trying to, like, I don't know. Well, I think yeah, he was busting his chops a little bit, just like, deflecting at the fact joke? that, like. Right, right, yeah. It, it was definitely deflection, though, because we saw everybody freaking out because they thought that he was going to die. Like, he got shot in the shoulder, but, like. They just saw his cousin get killed. Like, they didn't want to lose both of them in the same night. So, like, if I want to overly read into it, I'm pretty sure that was just, like, this last little this little moment of levity to, like, kind of help them cope with the fact that, like, oh, yeah, we were in a shootout last night. Like, okay, well, we know I, who did it. I loved, I loved the line. Let's load our guns and let's go let's go. I love the line that... <laughs> I, I, love, I love this line. Where uh, they get to the hospital after he's shot, and then the one lady's like, oh, we need you to fill up forms. They're carrying him in. He's soaked in blood. I love this line. Bitch, the forms. He's bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> I love that line, too. <laughs> um, uh, there's other scenes I want to talk about. Like, uh, since we're going in depth like with specific characters, uh, adding to what I was saying about uh, Kane having a conscience... Um, and you saying when Jada was like, you're, you're just going to die on the streets if you don't get your life together. I want to mention that there are like two or three other specific moments where uh, the way he responds to them are different. But there's the teacher and then there are his very religious grandparents that do shed a light to getting but the out of the, the streets. Teacher is, that... The teacher is also the dad of the guy that converted to Islam. That okay, thank you for clarifying. I I didn't exactly put two and two together with that. Like I kind of thought like, oh, why that's weird. Like, is 
he pulling them together for a specific reason because he just knows he's Muslim? Like, I I must have missed the explicit context clue that that was that guy's son. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, but no, like, what I'm saying is, like, he does have people that care about him. Like, he it's easy to ignore the grandfather because the grandfather's just like, well... Son, I couldn't get your father, but maybe I could tell you about Jesus. Jesus doesn't want you to murder people. And then it's obvious, like, okay, I'm 18, like, whatever, I don't care about God. But when the teacher was just like, guys, doing living this life is not going to help you survive. Being a black man in America is already hard enough. You got to figure out how to just survive so you can live. Like, how blunt that that monologue was was very powerful to me i i thought like and it just made the tragedy that much sadder because of like how how real that felt like not to we're not talking about what's going on in the real world now which even though we could but just how blunt that conversation was versus like uh, people recounting like when they sat down with their dad about like just having the police talk like it just felt like it came from somewhere real that I feel like the Hughes brothers had to to pulled from a conversation they may have had growing up in LA in the nineties. Like surely they had a conversation like that. Like it just, I don't know. It felt too real to me. The, the way that teacher was talking. Yeah, that's pretty real. Uh, you want to hear me make some, make a joke about something? Sure. Why not? Let's lighten this up a little since I keep Keeping the tone dour, I guess. <laughs> I find it hilarious how gangster Kane is, but he, like, always tucks in his t-shirt. Oh, that's funny. In his pants. It's always tucked in. I never th- I never thought of that until just now. Like, <laughs> that's really funny. I'm thinking at the at the low angle shot when uh, that guy confronts him and he's just like, Are you Kane? I, yeah, I'm her cousin. I don't like the way you're dogging her. And it's the low angle shot. Like I can, I can see that in my eye or in my head. I'm closing my eyes now. And yeah, he does have his, he does have his shirt tucked in. <laughs> One of the other things too that stuck out to me because I'm a car guy is there's a scene where he's driving, and his steering wheel, you know, steer, steering wheels at the bottom they have something in the center and they have something on the sides. Nothing really ever goes to the top. And this time, there's something at the top. And I was like, dude, his steering wheel is so crooked. Either the alignment in that car is terrible or someone didn't teach him how to drive on a steering rig for the movie. I actually wanted to ask you what you thought about all the cars in this movie, dude. There are so many cars that, like, I mean, that are, like, nice. not, like, background cars. Like, these are cars that, like, actually matter. Like, they're a part of, like, the ensemble. Like, there's so many scenes that take place in a vehicle. Like... And obviously, I, like it's implied that like they probably stole them, but like I like I, I mean like, that aside, I like the cars in this movie. It, it's not a car movie, but I think the cars do steal the steal the scenes that they're in. Um, do you want to hear there the, a specific one that like stood out to you? I so I don't really like. I think I've gone on record. I'm not a big fan of Ford, um, especially like very modern Fords. Um, but were there do BMWs like the, in this film though? What's that? Weren't there BMWs in this film? I think there was a BMW. Oh, okay. And it's the one uh, that the guy gets uh, shot. What was the car you were gonna point out? But they they have two old. Uh, uh, I think they're I think they're Fox body Mustangs. Again, I don't pay attention to Ford that much, so I don't know super well. But um, they've got two older style Mustangs that I thought were pretty neat. Um, and then the car that uh, the bad guys drive when they shoot Kane at the end of the movie. I thought it was pretty neat, um, but it's not made to be a nice car. Like, it's made to look rundown, but, it, like, this body style of the car is pretty neat. Ooh, here it is, actually. Here it is. I was... <clears throat> I knew this was in the trivia. I just didn't, like, side note it to bring it up later. But uh, here, again, according to IMDb, is a list of all the predominant cars used in this movie. There is a 73 Cadillac Fleetwood El Dorado... And then there is also uh, the car that uh, Kane and O-Dog uh, steal is a 1990 uh, Maxima SE. I thought that uh, was funny that, that, that they're like, we need to steal a car. What do you need to steal? A freaking Nissan Maxima. Right. 
Oh, the guy that got carjacked in the drive-thru was, uh, the, yeah, what you were saying, the 1990 Ford Mustang LX. Yeah, it's a 90 LX. Uh, Elena's car Well, that's also, that's also Kane's car. Kane, like, that's why Kane carjacks him is because he's like, oh, the stud alignment and, uh, displacement, uh, and everything for this wheel is the exact same as what's on my car, so that's why he stole it. You're going to love this when I get to it. I'm going to save it specifically for last. Um, anyway, Elena, uh, the girl that gets knocked up, I believe, uh, she's just driving a 92 Honda Civic DX. And then Frickin Kane's Civic. car. <laughs> Kane's car is noted here as being a 91 Mustang GT, not an LX. So, I mean, yeah. sure, like same body a, a style. one year old. Yeah, one year the newer. The only thing but is, it, I might, didn't it know might have it, it might have wider tires on it for having a five uh, five liter V eight in it. But uh, again, I don't know much about Fords because I I don't really like them. Um, but yeah, yeah the oh, tires. And uh, and yeah, you were right. Um, it was a three twenty five Cabrio, uh, Kane's cousin when they get shot in the beginning. Yeah, that was a that was a three twenty five high Cabrio BMW. What's the one that you said I would like, and you were saving it for last? Oh, it was just uh, <laughs> the the Mustang uh, GT. That was all. Like that was that it was like oh, yeah. a, technically it was a different car. Yeah, I just you brought that up and you were saying it's the same car, and I'm like technically, and then you're just like. Yeah, it's basically the same car. <laughs> Dan, how have we gotten almost 40-some minutes into this review, and we haven't mentioned the fact that there is an Olive Garden scene in this movie, but... There's the there's a very of... awkward... <laughs> there's a very awkward Olive Garden scene in this. <laughs> but it's it's the hood version of Olive Garden, so it's Fazoli's. <laughs> I like that they go to Olive Garden... Like, it's in the middle of Fazoles. this party, and, okay, they go to Fazoli's. They go to Fazoli's, literally, while a party is happening, just on the other side of the door, and, like, while the scene is happening, that's when I text you, and then right when I hit send, it crossfades to the poker table again, and then one character's just like, hey, so, Kane, uh, were you, uh, getting that out of your system, uh, while we were out here? I, and then Kane's just like, I shut like when up. They- like, <laughs> I like that she has she has a kid with the one guy that's in prison, and then they go visit him, and the one guy's like, I know you took her to Olive Garden, and I want you to keep taking her to Olive Dude. Garden because I'm going to be in her forever. Like, I love I love the fact that the guy's like, I know you're dumping in her, so that's kind of crude. I know you're having sex with her, so... You're making such light of a really powerful part of this movie. <laughs> that Okay, so you were talking about, like, the scene with the with the teacher being powerful. I thought the scene in jail was more powerful. Dude, the scene in jail. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to rank them. I'm glad you acknowledge that. Yes, when he says, "Hey, top three I'm powerful stuck in scenes here. in this movie," I screwed up my life. This is a brand. This became. <laughs> I'm stuck in here. This became a brandy bite scene. Yeah. Or brandy. Yeah, brandy yes. bite scene. Dude, when he's just like, "I screwed up my life. I know you're taking care of her and the kid. Just, I, I give you my blessing, man. Just make sure that she has a good life. Like." Oh my god, that was amazing. That was, that was, I don't know if I, I don't know, I'm not ranking them, but that is up there as one of the best scenes in the movie, too. Just how how raw that was. Sorry, I'm tired. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> they go to, they go to, uh, <laughs> not to be crude, but he's basically like, I know you're hooking up with her, you can continue hooking up with her. It's cool, just make sure she doesn't die. Um, and I also, I Dude, also, that's such, a, that's, such that, a, like, that's such a level of maturity that is absent from every other character in this movie. <laughs> that's like the one time he cries in the movie. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. He, he doesn't yeah. cry in bed after he does his first murder. He doesn't cry when, or no, he cries when his grandma tells him to get out of the house. Oh, does he? Yeah. He cries when his grandpa's just like, okay. I love you. And I hope you get your life together. And the grandma's like, we're sorry. And he's just like, I, I'm leaving for Atlanta in, like, three weeks. And she's just like, I'm so sorry. And then he's crying. Like, he does cry there, too. Oh, uh, okay. I can remember if he cried there. Um, so, in the movie, um, 
I so like I said, I'd never seen this movie. I knew kind of a little bit about it. And the end scene where they shoot him, I couldn't remember because I, I thought it, there's another hood movie uh, where was it don't be a menace in the hood, whatever that parody was. No, it, it's it's another it's another really powerful one. It might be the one where Chris Tucker and Ice Cube are like known for that meme of "damn" on the porch. Maybe. Oh, Friday, yeah. But there's yeah a, Friday. There's a, there's there's one where a guy is like walking down an alley, and then this car pulls up, and they start shooting, and they shoot him in the back, and he dies. Maybe it's that movie. Uh, I don't know, but I I'd seen that. Scene, I've never seen and Friday, seen so I don't know. The, the, me either. But I've seen that scene out of context, and then I've also seen the scene in this what happens in this movie out of context, and I was like, wait, is he gonna get shot in the alley, or is he gonna get shot where he covers the kid? I can't remember. Dude, the 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 cover of the Blu-ray is um is the the shot of the guy like sobbing, like holding Kane, and I was conflating this. Spoiler with alert. Scene in- I was conflating this with another scene. I still don't know what this movie was. I, I I, talked to one of my friends about it a while ago when we were first going to do this movie. And th- she couldn't remember what the title of the movie was either. But, like, I just know it was at night. And a guy is sobbing, holding his friend in the street just, like, even more than his friend was in this movie. And I just know it was at night. And it was after a shootout just like this. And listeners... Please email us, because I don't know what scene this movie is from at all. But I know, I I just remember it was at night and someone died in a shootout. I thought that was the ending of this movie, but this was just in the middle of broad daylight while they're trying to pack up and move to Atlanta. And it took me completely off guard, especially like that slow-mo shot of them pulling up. And then it like, black, the guns, black, yo, what's up? And then it's just a barrage of bullets like that was definitely not how i thought that scene was gonna play out (laughs) well something that i thought was strange about that scene was so they're shooting specifically at kane right and they're yeah he's the target because he knocked up that that guy's cousin yeah and then he proceeded to beat the crap out of that guy and so they're past where the kid is on the big wheel Kane, who is obviously the target, is getting shot and then runs towards the kid in what's supposed to be a noble act, but the kid's already safe because they're not shooting in the direction of the kid. No, no, he was. He was because they started shooting, like, at an angle. Like, they weren't perfectly perpendicular or parallel to— Are uh, you actually explaining the trajectory to me? No, I re- no the shot. <laughs> they weren't in front of the house yet. They weren't perfectly parallel to the house yet. So the kid technically wasn't like directly in the line of fire. Like when they got completely parallel to the house, that's when that's when Kane dove at the kid. Like I mean, the kid was in crossfire, but they started shooting before like as they were pulling up, continued as they were parallel and then stopped once they got past the parallel point and then just drove away. Or at least that's the way it played out to me. Is there a parody of this movie where they pick the kid up and use it as a meat shield? I guarantee no. (laughs) (laughs) There is a parody of this movie that I already mentioned, Don't Be a Menace to Society in the Hood, or I think it's a longer title, but that's at least part of it. Um, Do you think that there's an alternate cut of this movie where the kid gets shot and Kane lives. I know there's a director's cut. I don't, I didn't actually look up. I know there is one. I didn't look at what the scene by scene breakdown was, but I'm pretty sure it's not the kid dying. <laughs> well, not dying, but I, like he gets would... shot and he's like horribly, just dis- like horribly disabled now. And that's like the cross Kane has to bear as he like takes him out there as like the life caught up with him. And someone is now suffering every day of their life because of his actions. Oh, that was not what I thought you were gonna. That was not what I thought you were gonna say. <laughs> that no, actually like would I'm be being just serious. As sad like, as if the no, that would be just as sad as if the kid died. Instead, like he's now like paralyzed just because 
of just this random well, act that Kane didn't think was going to come back and bite him in the, the butt. Maybe, well, he's paralyzed, or maybe because he's so small, maybe the bullet like really screwed something up, and they're like, we have to amputate his arm. Or maybe he lost an eye, right, 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 or maybe yeah. he's on dialysis. Like the kid's suffering every day because of his actions. Yeah, it's not just that he's dead; it's the fact that he has to live with this burden that is from Cain specifically. Like, ooh, oh man, I wonder if that would have been too it's, dark. Like, I wonder if they actually like that, did think of that. It's like that old like hero like hero movie trope where they're like, "What's the wor- what's the worst thing that can happen?" Uh, don't kill him. Make him live with it. Make him live in regret for the rest of his life. Oh my god! I actually kind of want to look up what the director's cut differences were. I I don't think. Well, I I'm not expecting that, but um, uh, that should pull it up. They but, probably were like, um, "There's a scene." They they just like elongated like trash talking scenes. Also, did you find it strange that there's no real payoff to the fact? It's 30 seconds longer. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah, it's not It's not really any different. Um, I'm just looking through it because uh, there's some screen caps, and it just looks like it's a little bloodier. I think that's all the differences are is that it's a little bloodier. <laughs> They're like, we put yep, like, two more drops of blood in it. Um, actually, we might have saw the director's cut because these screen grabs I actually remember watching vaguely. Oh. No, we I think we actually did watch the director's cut. Oh, I'm gonna send you this. I'm pretty oh, sure right. we actually did watch the director's cut on Netflix. Uh, but yeah, we can decipher that but, off my. Um, but uh, um, uh, do you think uh, where is I going? Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to get that excited to make you forget Um, your thought. (laughs) It was something about after. um, Well, you were. We were just talking about the kid being disfigured, and then I got all excited to see if it was was. the director's cut. I know what it was. Do you find it strange that there's no payoff with that tape? Because Kane dies, and then they're just like, "That's the end of the movie." It's like. You're not going to throw in the fact that they have visual proof being sent to the police of O-Dog murdering people? I don't have a problem with there not actually being payoff because O-Dog is not the main character of this movie. I can accept that basically not too long after just watching Kane die that that is eventually going to bite him in the butt and then ruin his life. I don't think it distracts that much from the movie. I think I, I I like the fact that, like, his undoing is going to happen in our own mind off camera. Like, I like that it just lays that groundwork so we can now then have that in the back of our minds, see what happens to Kane, and then we just know, oh, well, well both of them finally got their comeuppance. Like, and O-Dog is going to go to jail... After watching his best friend die, and then he had a Judas throw him under the bus. Like, I love that. I love that implication that he was going to get screwed in the end. But again, the main character of the movie is Kane, so no, it didn't really bother me that we didn't get to actually see him get like thrown in jail and then convicted and all that. Okay, um, just to kind of wrap it up. Well, I mean, does that, does that actually like bother you a little bit? Like, did you want to see O'Dog get arrested? No, not really. I just thought it was kind of weird that they throw it in with no like full payoff to it. But I'm kind of in your boat where it's like, well, it's not really main characters. I don't really care. Um, who would you cast? The implication that that leaves up, like the fact that like it, the fact that it took the time to say like, oh no, he's gonna go down, and then it's just implied like by the fact that like the movie ends, it's just like, oh well. I guess O-Dog is definitely going to go to jail, too. Because <laughs> it's pretty yeah. clear. That, like, um, I mean, one critique I could say, like, it's not nothing against the story or the acting or anything. It's just it's just one of those things I noticed that, like, clearly this movie was on a budget. Like, all the blood effects look really, really, really bad. Like, <laughs> all the, like there's even a shot in the movie, like, uh, when they kill the guys at the hot dog stand, I think a squib comes out of the guy's back. Like, did you notice that? Like, I'm pretty sure a squib popped off that guy's back. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there's so much blood, I don't think I noticed anything. Well, that's part of it, too. It's just like, okay, the blood is a little over the 
top in a distracting way. Like, it's it doesn't ruin the point of the movie at all, but, like, it's just a very minor critique where it's just like, oh, blood doesn't look like that. That much blood doesn't come out of a body when it's shot, like, the second it's shot. And then I'm pretty sure a squib popped out of that guy's back. Like, <laughs> but it's, it's a first, for a first-time film, for a first-time film director, like, I, that's a, an incredibly minor critique that I'm willing to ignore to give this movie sprinkles. Just from the fact that this story is so damn powerful. It's so well acted. So, who would you cast Nicolas Cage to be and why? Oh, uh, man. That was that was so tricky for me to think of during this. Like, You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna actually token... laugh at my answer when I tell you. Is it the token white guy that tells them where the car they can go Jack is? Yep. Just so they can avoid whitewashing any <laughs> roles in this movie, the token white guy in this movie. <laughs> Make him that guy. I that was don't the care. hardest I... he, he, he He would ruin any scene he's in other than that one. I concur. I'm gonna. Con- I'm just gonna concede and concur with you. Uh, that was one of the hardest moments I laughed at the movie. Was <laughs> that whole exchange where he's just like, "What are you doing here so damn early?" He's just like, "You, you, you, you told, you told me, me to come by it this time." I'm yeah, not even up. At, I'm one. not even up at ten thirty. I'm not even up this early. When I say that, you need to come here around like after two thirty, and then and then he's like, "Okay, you're gonna come back here again at ten thirty." And the guys is like, uh, 10, 10, 30. what? You're scared to come through here in this neighborhood at night? And then he's like, you're going to be here at 1030. Okay. Did I stutter? Like, <laughs> I, uh, I love that whole exchange. I thought that was great. Yeah. I, I'm just saying it. Any, any scene that he's in, that's not just as the one white guy in this movie. I'm like, he'd ruin it. He'd, he'd take he'd take away what if from he the was very the, powerful point. What if he was the what if he was the crackhead that was willing to give O Dog a cheeseburger and a trip to Olive Garden? He's like, I'll give you a cheeseburger, let you poop, and then I'll give you a blumpkin. <laughs> I I don't think I can say it on mic without us losing I, our I love uh, clean tag. <laughs> I loved O. I loved O Dog's reaction to after he killed him. Like that's the best reaction after anyone gets killed in this movie. Is, Y'all want some cheeseburgers? Oh my god! Like, dude, you just shot a guy six times. Well, that's Can what the guy. Care? That's what the guy said to him. That's what the guy said. He was like, "What is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> no, I don't want no damn cheeseburger. What is wrong with you?" Like, <laughs> to best. To best sum up O-Dog, any time it would make sense to punch somebody, he shoots them. Yeah, pretty much. Or, like, when they're watching the tape and the guy gives him the shotgun and he's just smiling ear to ear. And it's like, Jesus Christ, this guy is hopeless. Like, ugh. That's why he's a perfect well, it was, antagonist it was funny. to uh to It was to, funny because when, when he walks in... And he goes, and he like cocks it to show it to him, and they're they're playing it up like he's about to shoot him for no reason. I was like, the chamber's open, because on a pump shotgun, I I, I don't I know you don't really know much about uh, guns or shotguns, but um, on a pump shotgun, well, not for now. You... No, <laughs> just kidding. Well, <laughs> well no, on on a pump shotgun to to cham- like cycle around out. You have to have the chamber closed. You have to have that wood grip that he had is that he was moving. That wood grip has to be all the way up at the bottom part of the of the barrel. So when he when he's pointing it at him, it's all the way back. And I was like, you have the chamber open. There's no bolt. There's no round in the gun. Like no one's going to die. And they're playing it up like he's going to die. I was like, no one's going to die. If you know anything about guns, there's no tension in this scene. Let me pose this as a final question. Do you think the little kid, do you think Jada's kid is doomed to become a, a gangbanger also? A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, that's what this movie, that's what this movie is. They have, they have the scene where they show 
Kane go out on the back porch at the, with the two guys at his dad's crack party, and then like twenty years later, thirty years later, whatever it is, uh, the Jada Pickett, uh, Jada, like no, it's eighteen years later. <laughs> he just graduated Jada, high yeah. school. This movie takes place over the summer after he graduates high school. <laughs> Jada Pinkett Smith's kid, he comes out, and they have that scene again, and it's almost line for line. Like, yeah, that's it's supposed yeah. to show this cycle is just almost impossible to break. Yeah, that kid for sure is going to die. Right. Okay, I agree with you, too. Like, I that's the bleakness in the ending of this is, like, even though... Well, no, not even though. Kane realizes too late that what his grandfather asked him, do you care about life? He can finally answer living? truthfully. Do you care about living? Yeah, do you... Yeah, do you care about living? He just nonchalantly is just like, well, I don't know. And then he realizes too late that, yes, he actually does care about life. And there's the groundwork for that kid becoming a gangbanger also. And it's that's the cherry on top of this completely pitch black movie. It's, oh, man, it's so sad. It's so sad. They, they grab that, like, four-year-old, five-year-old kid, and they're like, all right, kid, here's how you fire a gun. We're going to go do a drive-by and kill these people. And he's like, okay. Well, she says that when she walks in on Kane showing him the gun, is like, I don't want him knowing how to do a drive-by at five. Like, <laughs> oh, man. She's well, really the heart of this movie. I love it. Is, is, like, you always hear about, like, how are you supposed to, like, approach guns with kids? Like, if you have a gun in your home, how do you approach it with your kids and explain everything to them? Just put the, hand- and this one- <laughs> Just put the handgun without a clip right in his hand. <laughs> well, in, th- in this one, the kid says, let me see that gun. So that kid doesn't even, like, not know what that is. He And he's comfortable enough to be like, let me touch it. It's like... Well, yeah, he even asked uh, his mom point horrifying blank, for- like... Sorry. I say that's horrifying for a kid that obviously is not going hunting. Dude, he even asked his mom point blank, "Hey, is is Uncle Kane gonna die? He's that used to death in his life." Naivety of kids. Um, but. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah, I, I got, got I, this movie. Uh. Holy crap! That's, yeah, I mean it's that... a lot to take in, and it's it's worth a watch if you got time. Absolutely, I agree too, Ms. I mean, well, if you're listening to us now, it just got pulled off Netflix. Sorry, guys, I didn't time it like that on purpose. I actually just found out it was getting pulled on Netflix the day this review dropped uh, while I was watching the movie too. So, um, again, apologies. I hope you watched it before listening to us. Otherwise, uh, keep your keep your eyes open for when it pops up again because it's clearly a rare occurrence um so uh i guess with that uh we're gonna go ahead and sign off for a moment but we're gonna let you know what's gonna happen next week so we'll be right back All right, everybody, that is it for our thoughts on Menace to Bugay. Society. <laughs> thank you, as always, to Isla Marfin of Bugay for the bumper music, as well as Nick, thank you for your bumper music. You didn't know this. I was going to go ahead and add your music here anyway. So, <laughs> even though I technically picked this movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, uh, well, that's our thoughts on the Well, it the tone of the movie, movie pretty heavy. Yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that is uh, that's our thoughts on the movie. Uh, next week, guys. Um, yeah, it's only been two weeks since we came back from the wedding, but uh, you know what? We gotta take the week off again. Uh, this is my fault this time, guys. Uh, it's fully mine. Don't blame Nick. Uh, I got a lot of things going on that I'll talk about uh, in the near you future. You can blame me. I don't care. um i got some i got some things going on in the near future that i'll let you guys know about but uh what i'm going through is making it impossible for me to watch something next week so we are gonna have another dark week 
Uh, so sorry about that. But we got a great show coming for you in two weeks. That is going to be including our return to the movie theaters. We're finally going to go back. You just <laughs> you just got to wait it's two weeks so for it, guys. It. The movie that we're going to see. The, the movie we're going to see is so worth it. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to go watch the Russell Crowe film Unhinged. We're finally going to talk about this movie, guys. Uh, we're delaying Tenet because this we have to watch. This was supposed to be the Jaws review. Uh, and then we were off one week. <laughs> well, actually, they... Well, it, it was later than that, but not to get too into the weeds about that. But... Uh, <laughs> um. But yeah, we're finally going to watch Unhinged. We're delaying Tenet. Uh, Tenet's still on the docket, but uh, Unhinged is what we're going to be watching in theaters for our glorious return together back to the movie theater. It's going to be great, guys. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Uh, if At least a great talk, if nothing else. Uh, so yeah, that is our return to the movie theaters. Nick, it is your pick for the time machine. Where are we going to be going for our second film? I don't know what year, but we are going to go see a movie that inspired a Metallica song off the album Master of Puppets. We're going to watch One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yes! You know what this adds on to uh, our list for the show? Metallica movies. I know. Best picture winners. uh, Oh, I was going to say it's uh, a Stanley Kubrick movie, right? Uh, no, it's a Milos Forman movie. Oh. Well, I've only I've actually only <laughs> seen it one time, and I only saw maybe half the movie on TV. So what I, what I saw, I loved. So I'm really looking forward to it. But, yeah, this, this song actually inspired the uh, song Welcome Home Sanitarium off of the Metallica album Master of Puppets. Nice. I'll have to re-listen to that. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, this is uh, this was the first of two movies that Milos Forman uh, not only won Best Director for, but also directed a Best Picture winner. The other one was uh, 1983, I want to say, maybe 82, uh, Amadeus. Uh, but yeah, this film... <laughs> Talk about a tonal shift. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, no, this... Uh, this one, best picture, director, screenplay, actor, and actress. Jr., was Robert Downey Jr. in Amadeus? Uh, no. No, that was, um, uh, the, the lead actor in that movie is, um, um, uh, F. Murray Abraham. Is that the and bad then I forgot. Titanic? No, yeah. F. Murray Abraham was not in Titanic. Um, I can't remember the other guy's name, actually. He does kind of look like Robert, though, now that you say that, which is kind of funny. It's not Robert, though. Okay. Uh, but no, anyway, no, this was... I mean, we can talk more about it Are later. Are you 100% on that? I'm like 99.9% sure. I can't remember his name, but I'm not going to pull it up now. But uh, I want to talk about Cuckoo's Nest. This was the first movie... Or the second movie, not the first. Uh, the first movie to do this grand sweep at the Oscars was It Happened One Night, the Frank Capra film. This was the second film to win Best Picture, Director, Screenplay, Actor, and Actress. Uh, It stars Jack Nicholson. It's a great movie. I've seen it before. I own the Blu-ray, even though I'm probably going to stream it on Netflix like you guys can. Wow, we watch this in two weeks. Two weeks! (laughs) Two weeks? Yeah, um... But yeah, guys, uh, that's what we got coming at you when we come back. Apologies again. It's my fault. We're taking a week off. But uh, yeah, it'll be worth the wait. So until then, Nick, let the listeners know where they can reach out to us on social media. Facebook, Brownie Points Guide to Cinema. Instagram, Brownie underscore points underscore guide. Twitter, at Brownie underscore cinema. And email, BrowniePointsGuideToCinema at gmail.com. Send us Brownie Bites ideas, whether they are countdown lists to do, topics to discuss, trailers you want us to react to, or movies you want us to go out of our way to see, whether they are time machines, new releases, streaming, or in theater. Uh, Also, make sure you reach out uh, whatever platform you're listening to us on. Make sure you leave us uh, high reviews. 
If we start seeing reviews that we like, we'll read them on air. But that is the best way for you to help us grow and reach a bigger audience so that we know that we're not doing this for no reason. Uh, so if you guys can do that, that'd be great. Yes. And as always, except for next week or when other, when other big events happen, uh, we should always be in your ears here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Anchor.com, Overcast, and all other podcasting platforms. Thank you so much for listening here domestically in the United States and overseas, wherever you are. I know we have foreign listeners out there. So, as I always have been closing out the show since quarantine happened, just wear a mask, open your ears, open your hearts, be kind to each other, take care of each other, because the only way we're going to get through this is if we work together and stop being combative and just just be kind to your fellow man, your fellow human being. Just, it's frustrating, it's stressful, but... We are getting closer to the end of this. It's just going to take a little bit more time. So thank you for listening to us. If we brought any levity during the pandemic and all the uh, unrest and all the storms, we really appreciate it. Like I said, we will be off next week, but in two weeks, we will be back for Unhinged and the 70s classic One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. We'll see you all then. Since we got the week off, uh, I'm just going to say this so people can uh, listen to it whenever they feel the absence in their life next week. Uh, Fugue, uh, who would you cast Nicolas Cage to be? Olive Garden. Um, No. Uh, I can't really think of anything else that we say all the time. So there you go. Diareba. <laughs> Diareba. <laughs>they get to the hospital after he's shot and then the one lady's like oh we need you to fill up forms they're carrying him in he's soaked in blood i love this line bitch f- the forms he's bleeding <laughs>